there is the kind of home manager person that I want to be, that I aspire to be, and then there's my reality. I'm Julie Lyles Carr. This is the Modern Motherhood Podcast from All Mom Does. I have found this to be one of the greater challenges in my life is how to manage a home while working and all the kids and this house is busy all the time. People are in and out constantly. And I gotta be, I just gotta tell you the truth. There are times I look around and I just feel like I have failed when it comes to really trying to keep a handle on all things home and hearth. Well, I was so excited to get to talk with Christy Clover. I can't wait for you to hear from her because she has some really amazing ideas and tips and different things that are very practical, very tangible when it comes to managing all the chaos in our homes. So take a good listen because today I have Christy Clover. Christy, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy to get to chat. So tell our listeners where you live, how many kids there are, if there are dogs, cats, ferrets, whatever. (laughs) What do you have going on at your household? What do we have going on in our household? Well, let's see. We live in the San Diego area. My husband, Steve, and I have been married for 22 years and we have five kiddos ranging from 17 all the way down to six. So we have the whole teenager thing going on and like the kindergarten thing going on. So At the same time, it's, yep. It's a wild ride, but we do not necessarily, we don't have any animals in the house, but we have had a house renovation going on for five months plus. And so we have a whole lot of other people in the house all the time. So I feel like yeah. I've got some extra kids here and there. I think that counts. I think that totally counts when you're doing a house reno. Yeah, I think anybody who's in doing stuff, I think that gives you that's kind of the equivalent of having at least two, three llamas, something like that in the house at all times. So yeah, yeah, I think that counts. Your age span is is interesting. It's close to mine. We have eight that are between the eight. Well, there's a 16 and a year, 16 and a half year span. So very similar in terms of those weird experiences of having one that you're trying to help her fill out her college applications while potty training the baby twins. Yeah, it's it's a very odd. (laughs) It's cool, but it's weird. It's a whole other thing. Did you find, this still gets to me, Christy, the kind of baby equipment that was around when my oldest kids were babies versus the baby equipment that I was purchasing for my youngest, it was light years kind of technology between what had been available. Isn't it amazing how fast the the baby technology goes? It's amazing to me. It is. It's crazy. And I, I, what I found is I'm like, why didn't we have that? And of course, you're still using what you have. Right. So I'm like, maybe I should break my stroller on accident yeah. so I can get a new <laughs> fancy one. But it's all good. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. We'll just keep breaking out the old Graco's. It's going to be okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Chrissy, you are so known in the mom's community, in the housekeeping and organization community, as somebody who really helps people get on task and stay on task and make home a place that can feel relaxing and not as stressful, which is why I need you in my life, like probably need you to move next door. And you have a new book out called Master Organizer, Mom, M-O-M, that stands for Master Organizers of Mayhem. I'm really good at the mayhem part. It's the master organizer part that I need the speed course today. And some of my (laughs) listeners may as well. When did you know that you had an interest in organization and in trying to create spaces that could accommodate human life, but were not bananas? You know, it was really probably at that. I I refer to to the days as my dark days. It kind of (laughs) when 
everything that could have gone wrong was going wrong. So you name it, it was happening. Literally, we had just moved to San Diego, we were uprooted from a community that we just wanted to be in long term. So my husband was transferred. He started traveling and t- covering two territories. So he was just gone. I had two babies. And so I was laughing. People were like, oh, five kids, that's a lot. I'm like, oh, no. Like the, when I had just the two little guys, that was probably the hardest stage. But everything was just chaotic. We had a new house that was just not coming together. We were in an apartment. My dog forgot to go to the bathroom and she's like this huge 80 pound dog and we're in this you know three-story apartment and it was just crazy we got sick we had surgeries we had all of this chaos happening and I just reached a point where I realized something's got to change and so it wasn't that I was completely unorganized before but I had just never started being intentional about it and so I started just kind of this journey of what are my problem areas how can I fix them What are some things that when I'm doing them all together really help? Sort of asking lots of questions. Back then, I think the internet was new. Yeah, yeah, back (laughs) in the day. If we can think back that far. And so I did start doing some basic searching and I got library books and I was just trying to figure out what in the world was happening because I knew my goal. I knew I wanted my house to be a place where my family wanted to be. Like I wanted my husband to come home from being on the road and be like, ah, yay, I'm home and I can have peace. I mean, we had two toddlers, well, a toddler and a baby. And, you know, but he was coming from a hotel room that's clean and sterile and somebody's cleaning it every day for him. So I just, I had put a lot of extra stress on myself as I started my home organization (laughs) process. Cause I did, I would, my goal was perfection when we first kind of started out. So I kind of went from that pendulum swing from, you know, total chaos to needed to try to make it perfect. And then I kind of landed somewhere in between. So my goal really is to always encourage people to have some grace for yourself and just make it doable. Like just, you know, make it something that you give yourself grace in it, but it works for you and your family because everyone's different. I think there's a really interesting pressure on, I'm not just going to say women today, because I do think that I see a lot more guys stepping into the space and really having a co-ownership in terms of the condition of the home. But we also know statistically that even whether you're working outside of the home or you're working in the home, it's still about 83% of the time, I think is the most recent stat I've seen, falls on, Mm -hmm. guess who? on us to be the driver in that, to be the manager in that situation. Even if we are recruiting family members to help, we're still the ones generally having to be the ones overseeing all of the project. And here's what I think is kind of overwhelming today for women, Christy, is that I love, as you talked about the internet, I love all of the the inspiration we can get and the resources. But I have to say, sometimes I'll open up something that looks really interesting in terms of how to organize your pantry. And I feel defeated before I start because (laughs) I just, my first question is, well, sure, the cereal looks great in that cute little glass, whatever, but what do you do with all the extra cereal? Because I buy the huge dog food size bags of cereal at Costco. And I I don't know what I'm, there's not a glass container I found that will accommodate that. So how do we gather inspiration, but not hit a place of overwhelm with so many options and optics today, shouting out us a little bit about be organized, be organized. I know. And that's where I feel like we kind of have to redefine organization. There's nothing about organization that says perfection and nothing that says that you have to have perfectly matching containers for everything. I think people over contain these days. And like you were saying with the pantry, what drives me crazy is when I see, I'm like, here's my pet peeve. Here it comes. When you see 
like we'll use the pantry as an example and it's color coded in your pantry. I'm like, I don't remember what was purple. Like I just <laughs> changed the packaging, you know, you know, our snack, but I was laughing because one had like all the snack foods in rainbow color. And I was like, well, God bless you. But what if I need more of this? And what if we run out of that? And I just can't handle that. So I categorize very similarly to like a grocery store, like keeping canned goods together, keeping baking goods. So if I need to go run and get something, pretty much everything that I might need for a recipe is that one general area. So I do have some, they're, they're multiple sizes and shapes and I don't have them all matching, but I do have the little containers for cereal. Uh, but I keep, I just have a shelf right underneath that is our restocking shelf. And so our restocking for anything big and bulky uh, that will, you know, load up. I, at first, I was like, "Oh, I should put this on the top shelf to get it out of the way." And no, I need it on the bottom where I could reach it, and my children could reach it. So I'm all about being practical, using things that you already have in your home. So I literally have different baskets in my pantry because it works, and I have them, and I need them for that particular area. But if I don't need a basket, I mean, why would I? I mean, again, I'll, you'll see people who will put plastic containers, will use plastic containers for cans or box goods. And I'm like, well, they kind of stand up all by themselves. Yeah. So I don't think you need anything for that. <laughs> I do think we so. overcomplicate. And I for sure am guilty of that because I, I don't feel at times that I'm bringing a great sense of instinct to this game. You know, it's just sort of, I, I don't know, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? And I find that that's really common a lot amongst a lot of women today. And I think part of it is many of us either didn't really have any kind of home ec classes or anything like that. Or we had moms who worked outside the home and were just kind of scrambling to try to get things on the table at night. And so there's something of a lost art in it, I think, which then Mm -hmm. makes me feel like, well, I don't even have the instinct for this. Do you think that some people are born just a little bit more tidy or with more of a sense of what order is supposed to look like? And what does that mean for those of us who may go, I don't know if I got that, Jean? (laughs) Yes. I know. No, I absolutely do think that some people are just gifted and born natural organizers. They grew up in a home with someone who maybe was a homemaker and, you know, was home all the time and who had a great sense of organization. So it was modeled for them and taught to them as they went about their day. And so that I've, I have friends who grew up like that. And so they just, nat- they're the ones I go to. I'm like, I'm having trouble with paper piles. I'm like, what do you do? And their advice isn't always going to work for you because sometimes people who are very naturally organized, they just do it. And that just, they don't question how they do it. Yeah, they don't know how so they there got there. They don't know the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And so there is hope. And so I've had to learn. And so I do a lot of systematizing in my home and just with everything that we do in our in our family is so I've created systems. So not every system works for every phase of life. And sometimes you have to try different things. So I've had to research, um, you know, and figure out. So I will look up you know, like how to organize laundry, how to simplify laundry. Um, and laundry was something that I figured out a while back and I had these like epiphany moments where I was like, oh, look, I can break all the rules and it works and it works for our family. And so you have to be willing and able to just try different things and know that you have to tweak them for you because what a lot of the highly organized people will tell you will not work for your situation because our brains are just wired differently. So there is hope And one of the number one ways that I try to encourage people in organizing that I found works for kind of everyone 
is to categorize to organize. And so I create categories throughout my home. So if we're going to go out the door, I literally have an area that is everything I would need to grab before we go out the door. So don't laugh, but we keep our snacky bar type of things. We don't keep them in the pantry. We keep them by the back door because we kind of have a rule in the house that you can make something in the kitchen. You don't need something that's prepackaged. And so we keep all the prepackaged things that we would need for like we're going on a hike or just going on a car trip. We're going to be out for the day. That's all by the back door because it's something that I need for the back door and I don't care if it's a food product that is where I have categorized it and that's where I need it I think that's one of the real challenges with some of the ways that I through the years have tried to organize our big family and and as you say I agree with you even when I had two there was still a similarity of challenge that was yeah I mean the numbers are now exponential but there were still things that I was trying so hard to do it by what I thought was the book so I would do things where I would not put it in the most convenient place or the ways that it made the most sense but I was doing it out of a sense of well but this seems to be where other people put it or this seems to be the room in the house that was set aside on the blueprints (laughs) said it had to go, you know, I suppose I should use it that way. And so I do think it's very freeing to just say, you know what, you got to figure out what works for your family and what you can maintain. Talk to me about the challenge of when you just get to that place of overwhelm as a mom, and let's say you've put some systems in place, but you're really struggling to actually maintain those systems to be the watchdog to be the watch guard saying, hey, 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 Remember, the snack bars go by the back door. (laughs) How how can you be encouraged to keep the system going? Because, man, it does feel like when we let go of those systems and then it starts to pile up again, you can almost just feel like throwing your hands up and quitting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I will tell you, when we go into busy seasons, oh, it's out the door. Like nothing's working. So whenever there's busyness, that's usually the culprit is that there's either too much going on in your lives and no one's doing anything because they don't know how to do it. So with kids... Do, do the systems work for you and your family? So if you've got small kids and you're like, okay, go, you know, make the beds. It's like a small kid's going to be like, what? What does that mean? Right, right. <laughs> and so making sure that you've trained your kids properly for the tasks that you're giving them. Um, you might need to change some systems. You might need to slow things down in your calendar. Or you might even just have to be like, this is a busy season. It's going to be a little crazy. Everybody hang on to your hats and glasses. It's going to be a wild ride. And so you just try to figure out what what's driving you craziest. So that's usually where I help try to help people to focus in on. So you can walk into your house and be like, oh my word, like there is not a room in this house that feels orderly and gives me any peace. And so my question would be, what drives you the craziest or which room of the house are you spending the most time in that you're going to get the most bang for your buck because that's where you are. So you want to have that space where your family can gather. So usually it's the family room and kitchen that most people you know, need a little bit of help in. And so maybe you wait on creating a dish system because it's just chaotic or maybe that's where you start or maybe it's just how do we make sure the pillow's stay on the couch or get back to the couch after fort building or, you know, just little things like that. So sometimes you need to just have checklists Um, for kids. Sometimes it's helpful to take a picture. This sounds funny, but take a picture of what the space is supposed to look like clean. So if you take a picture of the sink area and then put little notes that say, notice the sink is actually clean. Like (laughs) there's not particles of food that have been scraped and just like last night's dinner just sitting in the sink bottom. So there's lots of little 
tips and techniques. And I put most of these ideas into the book, as many as I could come up with and squeeze into the book, to try to help people to understand that there's different systems out there and some will work great for some seasons and some don't work. I mean, we're in the middle of a home renovation and at the same time, I'm launching a book on home organization. And I had to laugh at the irony. I'm like, I have mayhem. (laughs) I have lots and lots of mayhem. Self-inflicted mayhem going on. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, you've got to give yourself grace during those times, but pick what's driving you crazy and focus in on what you can do in, in that moment that will help create a little less stress. I love that idea of taking a picture because I do find there are things that, you know, yes, I say certain things aren't instinctive to me. And that's true. But part of it, too, is I think you get worn down. You know, like I do have a perfectionistic streak that wants things to be a certain way. And so my fallback is, well, if it can't be exactly this, then forget it. You know, and it just becomes sort of this, you know, dramatic sort of throwing up of the hands. Your teenage years. Exactly. (laughs) Just never mind. But I do think what's interesting is there are things that live in my head that I assume my family has been noticing when I go in and clean the kitchen, this is what it looks like when I'm done. So why are you not taking a mental snapshot? But the reality is, as much as this might hurt our feelings, they really don't notice that level of detail. And it's interesting to me. Or they don't care. Or they don't care. It's interesting to me too, the level of chaos that my kids will live with. And then all of a sudden, one of them will go, this is bananas. We all need to pitch in and help. I mean, that happens every now and then. And when it happens, I start looking for meteors or Jesus coming back. You know, it's pretty rare. But when it happens, it is interesting where everybody has that threshold of, okay, this is the chaos I now notice when I think a picture would be really helpful to say, well, this is the chaos I notice, even when it just seems very minimal to you. You know, one thing I've learned to do for myself is I've had to pick a couple of areas where my kids generally don't go. One would be my master closet, although my girls are in there pretty frequently, and a couple different drawers that if I can keep those maintained, they're internal things, they're not external, it's not something who comes to visit, someone who comes to visit the house is going to see I'm amazed the little respite that'll give me when at least if I walk into my closet at the end of the night and my space is kind of tidy, okay, you know, it wasn't a complete... The world is okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So what is the payoff in taking the energy and taking the time to put some of these systems together? How do we navigate that world of saying, there's so much going on, so much that's demanding my attention? Is it really point critical for the utensil drawer to be organized? Like, how do we, how do we evaluate the payoff? So I think it really comes down to what your priorities are. So if you want, if you guys are really busy and in a busy season, then you're going to have to live with a certain standard of, okay, you know what, dish towels, whatever, they're in a drawer, I can close the drawer, they look good. You know, utensil drawer, it's all good. Do we have clean forks? Let's make sure we get clean forks into the silverware drawer. Like I always laugh when people talk about having their perfectly organized sock drawer. I'm like, I don't have time for that. You can always tell when our seasons, our, our, our schedule is not as crazy because my sock drawer starts looking good. And I, then I can open my sock drawer and be like, oh, look at that little happy, little happy organizational moment happening here. But when I'm busy, I just want to have clean socks and know where they are. And the fact that they are in my sock drawer, uh, that is key. So you have to know what your priorities are because really the the one time that it, well, not, one, not the one time, but one of the things that can really cause a little increase in stress is when you have not only an inconsistent um 
how to how to, how to put this <laughs> like politely. But when you have two people or more in a home that have different thresholds, right. so you might have a highly organized husband. Like I have a girlfriend who, when I walk in her house, I'm like, "Your house is spotless and in perfect order." Oh my gosh, how do you do this? She's like, "It's my husband. He is so organized. He likes counters perfectly, like nothing on the counters." And so she just has had to step up her game. But her husband also helps because that's what he likes. So sometimes you have a kid that might be on the spectrum that needs to have more order. And so therefore you have to increase, you know, where your threshold is and be like, you know what, I'm comfortable with leaving things out, but for my child to thrive. So you kind of have to pay attention to what everybody kind of feels within the household and kind of set that there, but then know your priorities. So we might, one of my big aha moments was when, um, I just had the two little people and, you know, and again, going back to those early days of parenting and I was trying this whole perfectionist thing, as I'd mentioned earlier, and my husband came home and I just burst into tears and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't pull together. It was just one of those weeks. And he's like, it's okay. The whole house doesn't need to be perfect. And I was like, what do you mean? It has to be perfect. And he's like, well, really just if the counters are clear and if there's a plan for dinner, even if it's pizza, I'm fine with that. Just so I don't have to think about dinner. I was like, really? And so then I stopped to think about what are my two top priorities? And mine was floors. I hate stepping on things. And I'm like, let's go back to the time when my dog forgot how to go to the bathroom. I don't yes. like stepping on things. <laughs> You've got some PTSD um, <laughs> about that. Yeah. Understandable. And again, having a house full of boys, uh, I like to have the toilets clean. I'm not even like the bathrooms. I like to have nice clean bathrooms, but really it's just around the toilets. So those are our four priorities. And so when push comes to shove and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling like systems aren't working, I'm really trying to focus in on, you know, what are we getting those things done? So I don't know if that exactly answered your question, but um, but that's where I, th- I think you kind of have to go back to prioritizing. I think the prioritizing is really powerful because in the scope of running a household, and if you're running a large household like you and I are, but even if you're not, there's so much stuff today. And we know this and we know the minimalist movement is really big and, and all of those things which is great, but I've laughed and I have friends who've gone minimalist and have still ended up with all kinds of minimalist clutter, you know, and we've laughed at the (laughs) irony of that because we just seem to accrue and collect. And I'm curious to hear if you have this at your house. I have some kids who the stuff just isn't that important to them. And so they tend to be more organized in their personal spaces because there's just less for them to manage. And then Mm -hmm. I have some kids who want all the things. They want to keep all the things. They want all the ticket stubs. They want all the coffee mugs from the white elephant thing. They want, you know, they want to keep all of it and maintaining all of it is a huge challenge. And it's ironic to me that a lot of times those who want the most stuff are the ones most challenged with the organization. And then the ones who release more of the stuff tend to be tidier. It's a very interesting construct. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on this whole concept of clutter. We've got so many different schools of thought these days. How do you define clutter in your house? Because I have a sense that it's actually a pretty personalized thing. Oh, it totally is. Uh, you know, I'm. I don't ascribe to the minimalists. Like you would, you would never, you would never be able to walk in my home, even during construction, mm-hmm. <laughs> and say Christy's a minimalist. Um, I believe in order, um, and we try to create that. But um, I, I'm not your stereotypical minimalist where there's nothing and it's sparse. 
But at the same time, I do have like my oldest, he's your kind of stereotypical oldest child. He's not someone like we were asking him what he wanted for Christmas. And he was so cute. I'm like, do you want some new headphones? He's like, mine work. And I was like, I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? And he is, he likes having his space. He, his room is always clean and tidy. In fact, when we had construction and I had to jump on a call where there, it was audio or video, I would always go to his room because my, the construction's right below me, but I would go to his room because I knew it was always clean and picked up and beautiful. And then I do have other kids where it's like, they hate partying with things. And so I try to for those children, so we kind of have all those different worlds, but as far as defining what clutter is, you do have to take a look at, I mean, whenever you're decluttering, you're taking a look at things and is it really trash? Is it worth keeping? Um, is it a blessing to your home? Do you use it? So sometimes and for my kids, I'm like, you don't use this. You have not used this and I don't think we need it. And so we try to look at is it a blessing to us? But on the flip side for the kids, especially, it helps for me to ask them, could it be a blessing for another family? And so whenever we have holidays coming up and or birthdays, we really do try to go through and figure out what are we not using? Because if we're not using it, it could like knock someone else's socks off and be a blessing in their home. So we love taking loads over to Salvation Army. I mean, I laugh. I'm like, I think, especially with, because doing a huge renovation, it's forced us to really go through all the stuff that gets hidden. And man, I think Salvation Army has a clover wing there right now because <laughs> we have been getting rid of so much, especially books. Like as a podcaster, you probably get this too, where I have stacks of books that by the end of the week got, were delivered. Right, <laughs> so right, exactly. Making sure that I'm just staying on top of it. But really helping kids to understand what is what is worth treasuring and how stuff isn't necessarily something you want to treasure. So mm -hmm. looking into is, do you want to have a collection of something? If so, it needs to have a container. It needs to have a space. And so you can't have 10 collections of random things because it's not going to fit in our space. And so trying to kind of limit them um, has been helpful in our home, but helping them along with the process of decluttering too. And they've been watching me and kind of like, oh, why are you getting rid of that? We used that. I'm like, yeah, but like five years ago, we yeah. used that. Yeah, it was a while. It was quite a while. So, yeah. Yeah. So trying to help them to see the value of decluttering and how good a room feels when we don't have as much stuff that we're trying to keep in order. Talk to me about a resentment that can develop for a lot of women for whom the primary role, the primary burden is on them to be the master organizer of the mayhem. I know myself, I've struggled with it because I'm working, I'm homeschooling, my husband's working. You know, I mean, we're doing all ah. the things and my kids aren't trying to be terrible or thoughtless, but you know, they wander in the house and shoes start coming off and bags start being laid down and they don't feel like washing the cup that's got their name on it. So they grab a fresh one out of the pantry. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. this sense of resentment can grow. How do we deal with that? That's a great question because that is a very real Thing for a lot of women, especially stay-at-home moms who, you know, whether you're homeschooling, which we also are a homeschool family or working or whatever it is, even if you're, you know, like, I hate saying just a stay-at-home mom because that's an important job. And to have it all fall on us because no, I, when I'm a people pleaser, which is good or bad, I don't know. But when my kids don't do things, I think they don't love me enough to think that this is important. And I start feeling like a servant. And so, 
when I start feeling that resentment and feeling like no one is respecting me and they just all expect me to clean up, I have to kind of stop and slow down and check my heart. And I start trying to kind of go through things. Okay, there are shoes everywhere, but man, what a blessing that I have little feet and big feet that fill those shoes. And it is an honor that we live in an amazing, you know, home. We live in an amazing, you know, community. We live in an amazing country. And I start putting things into perspective. Like we're not on the street. We are not looking for clean water. You know, so that's the big thing is like, I get to, so I try to get myself to really pray over and kind of do a heart check again and um, a mental check of, am I looking at things as a blessing and how can I make that shift? Because I have a lot of friends who have struggled with infertility and we're not able to have children. So, wow, you know, so I have a lot of junk that ends up everywhere in my house, but it's there because we were blessed that we were able to have children. And, you know, then I have I, I do have friends who have lost children. And so again, like looking at that and just realizing, man, what a treasure that I I get to help my family and try to create a home. And really when I get start getting, when even that doesn't work, <laughs> it, it sounds all fine and wonderful to try to reset our brain and think about the blessing. And it's still like, you still look around and be like, okay, I feel blessed, but there's still a mess. There's still a mess, still a mess. <laughs> and so, And that's when I really do come back to it. And we might have a family meeting. And they're like, okay, what's happening here? Because you guys are, it is, dis so I explained to my kids, it is disrespectful when you, you know, leave things out for all of us to trip over and walk over and we're all waiting for you to come and clean it up, but it doesn't seem to bother you. So then we're looking at different systems because one thing that used to drive me crazy and we still get shoes every once in a while, but we've been in the middle of a home renovation, but um, shoes and sweatshirts were big, um, drive me crazy thing because they were always dumped in one area, but then they get kicked around or they get taken off when they're at the table, at the floor, on the couch, you know, just, it was just everywhere. And what I realized is that we had no place for the shoes. So I had to get bins so everybody could put their shoes in a place. And then we, my little kids, I felt so bad about this because I'm like, you guys aren't hanging up your sweatshirts. And like, well, you know, our, our, the big brothers weren't here to hang it up and we can't reach the rod and, or, you know, like the, the hook. And I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We had to just put little sticky hooks on the back of a door so they could. And I went through and I sh showed them how. Did you think that's a solution? But to a little kid, they're like, "How do I make this object, you know, Stick to that. stay on yeah. the hook?" So yeah. I had to show them how to do it. Um, so little things like that have been helpful too. So if the if the looking at your blessings in the middle of a mess <laughs> isn't working, then just try to go nitpicking and. Um, like find the problem area and find the, the culprit of that problem area. I will say that sometimes the culprit is me. And so I, I am known for my Christie piles. And so I will literally tell kids, go clean the kitchen. We've got, you know, friends coming over and they're like, mom, it's all your stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are my piles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, I love the application of choosing the two things or the four things that become the real priority. And those are going to be different for different people. There are things that really don't bother me that, of course, God always seems to give me really good friends who live, one of my dearest friends lives three doors down, and she's one of these naturally tidy, knows how to organize anything kind of people. You could walk into her house on any random Tuesday and have a dinner party. And of course, if I'm going to try to do that, first, there has to be a panic attack. And then there has to be, you know, <laughs> deep prayer and, and all things and it takes a long time. But 
I do think that just choosing what your deal is going to be, what your family is going to call organized, and how you can mm-hmm. engage, whatever the ages and stages of the kids are, such great wisdom, Christy. I so am so thankful my listeners have gotten to hear from you today. Mom, master organizer of Mayhem Simple Solutions to Organize Chaos and Bring More Joy into Your Home. Christy Clover, thanks so much for being with me today. Absolutely. It was a joy. Thanks for having me on your show. Head over to the show notes for links and more content from the episode today. And while you're on the interwebs, be sure and check out All Mom Does, an amazing resource and community for the season of life you're in. Come say hi to me on the socials. I particularly hang out on Instagram, and I'm Julie Lyles Carr there. It's so great to get to connect with you on the grams. I just love it when I get to hear from you about your favorite episodes and what's going on in your life and who you'd like to see as a guest. So head to the grams and say hi. A big thank you to Rebecca, our content coordinator, and Donna, our producer. I'm so blessed to work with these amazing women who get the episodes out each week. Be sure and subscribe and share and leave a five-star rating and review. That's the best thanks you can give our team. It helps get the word out about the podcast. I'll see you next time on the Modern Motherhood Podcast. Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through world concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit Krista.org.